Hey everyone, Kathleen Carnally here. I am so excited to get back into the book of James. We are in chapter one, verses nine through 11 today. And we're gonna be talking about being rich and being poor and how it affects our walk with Christ and what God has to say about it. And we'll see where we fall in line. So go grab your Bible, a notepad, maybe a pencil. I'll grab my uke and we'll open up with a chorus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your plans for me. Thank you for the change. Yeah. It's happening deep inside of me. Yeah. For I'm so grateful beyond words could say. Here I am to thank you today. Thank you for your grace, ooh, thank you for your plans for me, thank you for your touch, ooh, and all that you've prepared for me, yeah, for I'm so grateful beyond words could say, yeah, yeah, here I am to thank you today. We thank you, Lord, today. We thank you for your spirit and your truth that resides in us by faith. Transform our hearts and our minds today that we would be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Rich or poor, which group would you say you fall into? You know, sometimes we need a reminder, a perspective shift so we can understand global reality and what God sees every day. Right before I went on the road into full-time music, I had the opportunity to go and minister in Haiti. It was quite an experience and a very healthy perspective adjustment. Honestly, it took away my right to complain again about not having enough and really gave me an awakening to what is real. We live in a culture where everyone compares themselves among themselves and what we consider poor is actually rich in many other places. And honestly, it's really hard to understand that until you actually go and you see it for yourself. I would suggest this to anybody. If you haven't gone, left this country and served the poor, go do it. Let it change you. It was one of the greatest things I could have ever done before stepping out into full-time ministry because it really showed me what you need to minister. It's not much with the Spirit of God and His Word. And we all have access to that through faith in Jesus Christ. One of the things that really stood out to me when we went to Haiti for the first time was their reception to the gospel. It seems so much easier for them to receive it and to leave the world behind and to follow Jesus. And having been in ministry already for a while, I thought about that a lot. I'm like, why is this? Why are there not so many barriers? And I quickly realized they had nothing to lose and everything to gain. This is the beauty of preaching to the poor. This is why we see over and over in scripture, Jesus preaches to the poor and he has anointed us to do that. So much different than what I was used to, living in a country where no one wants to lose their lifestyle or surrender anything to Jesus. So it becomes much more difficult to pick up your cross and follow him. We really have to count the cost. Jesus addresses this with the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. In verse 24, he says, How hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? 
It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So the disciples are pretty much astonished at what Jesus is saying here. And you may be feeling the same way right now. And they're like, then who can go to heaven? Praise God, he answers them in verse 27. He says, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Thank God for that. So with this being said, we know that in the church, we're going to have poor and we're going to have rich and we're going to have everything in between. And because God is not a respecter of persons, he looks straight at the heart of a person and he gives grace to the humble. So looking at James chapter one, starting in verse nine, we see that it says, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. First, I want to point out that he says the brother. So we know that he's talking about the brethren, the church. And then he says someone of low degree. And what does that mean? That means someone that is poor, maybe less educated, or maybe not even educated at all. Someone that is not highly respected in society. And that person is told to rejoice because he is exalted from that place. Why? Because he is a follower of Christ. He has died to sin in the old way of life, buried in his likeness and raised into the newness of life. He is a child of God, a new creature, a new creation, and old things are passed away. So he has so much to rejoice about. Even if his lot in life stays the same, he knows who he is in Christ. But here's the thing. There is resurrection only after the dying. And we are exalted only after the humbling. This is made clear to us all throughout scripture and it's for our benefit. Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse 11, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. God's kingdom works very differently in compared to the kingdom of this world and in many ways quite opposite. We are taught to promote and exalt ourselves. The word of God tells us, humble yourself. We see that in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. We see it in Luke chapter 14, verse 11. And 1 Peter 5, 5 says to clothe ourselves with humility. And then verse 6 says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Again, he lifts us up after the humbling. This is the way of Christ. And it's what he personally demonstrated for us so that we can pick up our cross and follow him. Read with me in Philippians chapter two, verse three says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. We see that word lowliness here. Remember in James how it said men of low degree. Well, here it tells us we should all be of that lowliness of mind, esteeming one another higher than ourselves. Jesus lived this for us. The King of kings and the Lord of lords displayed this for us. He washed the disciples' feet. He gave his life as a ransom and sacrifice for all of us. And God himself exalted him on the third day. It's not about this life. It's about what is to come. If you look here in verse five, Paul says something very interesting. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also 
in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, may we follow after the same manner. May this mind be in us. Let this be the way that we think. Let this be what we care about and prioritize, how we should live and be like him. Verse seven says, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus, who was there at the beginning when the world was spoken into existence, took the form of a servant. And then in becoming a man, it says he humbles himself again and he walks in obedience, willing to be made of low degree, like we talked about before, a man of sorrows, of no reputation, as it says. And then what happens? Verse 9, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. He was exalted. It's the same pattern. We see it all throughout the Old Testament. We see it with Joseph. We see it with Moses, who was called the meekest man on earth at the time. We see it in the New Testament. We see it in parables, in the life and example of Jesus. In Luke chapter 6, verse 20, Jesus lifts up his eyes upon his disciples and he says, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. So blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom. In James chapter 2, verse 5, it says God has chosen the poor. He says, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith? and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. So we see how he has chosen the poor rich in faith. Why would the poor be more likely to be rich in faith? Well, because when you don't have much, you need faith. And you're not going to have quite the temptation to trust in the things or stuff around you. But unfortunately, when we have so much, often we lose our faith and we put our trust in temporal things. But I love how he ends here when he says that the heirs of the kingdom are promised to those that love him. Again, a matter of the heart. Psalm 113, verse 5 through 8 says, Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth? He raiseth up the poor out of the dust. He lifteth the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. So going back to James chapter one, in the same way as verse nine says to rejoice because a brother of low degree is exalted, we also rejoice in the opposite. Read with me in verse 10. But the rich in that he is made low. So we rejoice in both. Jesus is the great equalizer and everyone sits at the same table. And just like the foot of the cross is level, we all enter in on the same terms. In humility, through the narrow gate, as a little child. For such is the kingdom of God. For in Christ, we are all one. Mary is quoted in Luke chapter 1, verse 52. She says, He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. Jesus teaches us to look past status, to look past wealth, to look past background. He raises the humble and he humbles the raised. And it's all for our good. Unlike the poor that we see tend to have an easier time receiving the gospel, 
leaving all behind and following Jesus. For the rich, like we mentioned before, it can be a lot more difficult. There is so much more distraction. The cares of this world are involved. 1 Timothy 6, 9 says, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Having access to all this world has to offer comes with great temptation. And as we are warned here in verse 10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Whether we realize it or not, it can be such a snare and we can find ourselves caught so easy. But I want to point something out here. It says that some erred from the faith, not all. I want to make it clear that just because you are rich and just because you are prosperous does not mean that you are going to fall into the snare. It is a warning for us that have much, which is important. But we can also know that if we walk in humility with a heart for Christ alone, that does not have to be our portion in Jesus' name. In the parable that Jesus gives in Mark chapter 4, he talks about the sower and the seed And he speaks about one seed that falls among the thorns. And that represents a person that's heard the word, that's accepted and received it. And as they grow, they can become choked. We can see that in verse 19, where it says, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Again, another reason to rejoice when the rich are made low and they humble themselves before God, choosing meekness over pride and offer what they have been blessed with to support the brethren in the enhancement and furtherance of the gospel of the kingdom of God. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. So this is what God wants from us who have much. He wants us to do good, to be rich in good works, and be ready to give and distribute of what we have for others. Why? Like it says here, so we won't be high-minded or trust in riches, but instead trust in the living God. So giving of what we have is just as much for our spiritual benefit as it is for others' needs and physical benefits. God is good, and He wants us all to be ready for His return. So going back to James chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, because as the flower of the grass, He shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat But it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. So time is short, and may we not waste it on temporal things, but use what we have for eternal things. And thank God that no matter where we find ourselves in this life, whether rich, poor, or anywhere in between, we are made one body. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. So when one suffers, we all suffer with them. And when one is honored, we rejoice with them. Because like it says in Proverbs 22, verse 2, 
the rich and the poor meet together, and the Lord is maker of them all. And amen to that. I love you guys. We'll pick up right here next week, same time, same place. I'll have my uke and study, and we'll tune into God's word together. God is good.